Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're bringing it to you this week, obviously talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're kind of in the thick of the offseason at this point. Uh, A week of OTAs already in the books. Uh, Still a couple months away from training camp. But... At the time of uh, releasing of this podcast, it is uh, shaping up to be potentially a a second, maybe third wave, depending on uh, who you'd ask, of uh, off-season transactions. Because, uh, of course, June 1st is the date when uh, all contracts in the NFL uh, either toll uh, bonuses now or move money to the next year. So basically what that means is cheaper for teams to cut players, most players I should say, and if a team is to trade a player, the acquiring team is acquiring less money. So with all that said, we are definitely kind of in a period where I could foresee the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, potentially making a move. And 
that kind of idea is what uh, kind of stemmed the entire idea of this very show, projecting the next calendar year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, what my guesses are for this team, and uh, what we'll see going into training camp, the regular season, maybe the playoffs, uh, and into next year's free agency and draft period. So just sit tight. We will get through it all. Uh, Kicking things off right at the top, though, when it comes to really the next couple months of uh, Steelers football, I don't foresee a lot of moves. Uh, A lot of this kind of Obviously, if you follow my writing, um, I've been calling for the Steelers to make more moves since basically the end of the draft. That has not happened, despite what uh, defense coordinator Keith Butler said. Uh, despite the Steelers being in on Ryan Kerrigan, they have not made a move since the draft. Unless you count signing their own draft picks, which really is a formality after that uh after that shift in 2010 when rookie contracts basically uh, was set in stone before players are even drafted. So really the next two months or so here before we get into the official start of training camp and the preseason, I still think the Steelers will make one move. This team I still think is just way too shorthanded at the outside linebacker position. Yes, they have the two guys at the top. I've talked about it before. Uh, we know we know TJ Watt is the all-time uh, effort style edge rusher. When you play a game like that, you cannot play 100% of the snaps and be effective the entire game. The Steelers do him right by playing him anywhere between 80 and 90% of the snaps. That is where you're going to get the absolute best out of TJ Watt. You play him 100% of the snaps and he'll just completely fall off in the fourth quarter. Just the name of the game when you're a complete effort kind of guy. Uh, On the other side of T.J. Watt, of course, you have Alex Highsmith, who uh, looks like a beast in OTA so far. He's put on a a ton of muscle mass. He looks ready to take over for Bud Dupree. However, where we run into issues here, of course, with T.J. Watt being a guy that needs rest and uh, Alex Highsmith still being very, very young in his rookie career, uh, those guys aren't going to be playing 100% of the snaps. And if Cassius Marsh or, heck, even Quincy Roche are your top backups at outside linebacker that's where teams are going to try to attack the Pittsburgh Steelers when uh, the big guys aren't on the field so my kind of projection here for the next two months of Steelers football is for them to acquire an outside linebacker really I feel like uh, Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram would have already been done if the price is right I think right now though the Steelers are not in the the business of freeing up any more money Uh, they're content on letting the contracts of David DeCastro and Joe Hayden uh, run out this upcoming uh, this after this season. Uh, They're not going to restructure Stefan Tewitt or Chris Boswell pushing any more money in the future. Like they already have, they have pushed a ton of money already this offseason alone in the future. But really, we're at this point in the offseason, unless they absolutely had to because of some uh, terrible luck of uh, injuries, I do not foresee them making a move of that magnitude. So what I kind of foresee them doing is potentially getting in the trade market. Um, if you uh, keep your eyes dialed into buyingthesteelcurtain.com, you will have seen an article from me uh, coming out on Monday, uh, May 31st, which kind of detailed uh, the likelihood of the Steelers uh, to get involved in the trade market. It isn't very likely because, once again, they don't have a fourth or a fifth round pick for the 2022 NFL Draft. Sure, they're in line for some comp picks, but the Steelers do not 
work under the assumption that those picks are certain until the picks have been rewarded. So if the Steelers were to move a third uh, or there's one of their seventh round picks, then all of a sudden there's going to be a massive gap in between the Steelers uh, making picks in said draft. So I really don't see them using uh, any capital for 2022. Perhaps they could push some 2023 draft capital or maybe a swap of picks to get something done. One of the names that I was kind of sarcastic early on in this process about, but now kind of seems like a legitimate player the Steelers could try to chase uh, in uh, trade talks is Chase Winovich, the outside linebacker for the New England Patriots. Of course, uh, the Pittsburgh area native went to Michigan. The Steelers were super high on him uh, during the the combine and uh, his experience is coming out of college back in 2019. Uh, The Patriots have added, well, they drafted two outside linebackers in 2020. They drafted another one in 2021 as well as brought Calvanoi back in as well as Matt Judon. So now the Patriots outside linebacking group is absolutely loaded to the gills. Uh, five and a half sacks per year out of uh, Chase Winovich might actually give him some trade value rather than just releasing uh, someone straight up. But of the five guys uh, that could potentially rank ahead of him in the depth chart. It isn't very likely uh, he will get many snaps for the New England Patriots aside from special teams. That could be the interesting name to follow because, once again, when it comes to money, after a June 1st trade, Winovich would only cost $850,000 on the Steelers' salary cap uh, with the the rule of 51. I think, and displacement, I should say, I think you'd only account for like an extra $350,000 on the salary cap, which is absolutely nothing for a team that has more than $10 million in available uh, money to them. So past that move, I don't really see the Steelers doing a whole lot of anything unless there's an injury. Uh, For the the sake of this podcast, I'm not going to project any injuries, except you you know they are a name of the game. It, It just happens. I mean, what, on average, what, about 52 ACL tears per year across the entire NFL. If you're an unlucky team, you might have three torn ACLs. If you're a lucky team, you might have one. It's just the name of the game of the sport. It, that's just how it works out. There's going to be an injury. There's going to be a guy or two lost for the season. It's just the way it works in the NFL. But then again, I'm not going to sit here today and try to tell you, oh, this guy or that guy's going to get hurt. So for argument's sake, if someone does get hurt, I could see them uh, try to spend a little bit of money. But until that happens, I'm not going to uh, point in any one which direction. So outside of bringing in one more outside linebacker, I don't see the Steelers making any more offseason moves uh, unless there's an injury. As the Steelers maneuver their way through the preseason, of course, they have four preseason games. Um, I, I, I really don't predict too many kind of uh, crazy twists or turns. Uh, really, any position battle it seems like kind of set up to be won by the incumbent. Uh, I think we'll see Kendrick Green take the reins of uh, the Steelers' center job. I think you'll see Pat Fryermuth slot in behind Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, of course, being, uh, what, nearly a 10-year vet now in the NFL. I think he's going to be the guy that uh, leads off the Steelers' tight end room uh, with Fryermuth on his heels. Outside of that, I think uh, Najee Harris is primed to be the the day one running back, uh, the 30 touches per game guy already. 
at the time of recording, he is slotted in to be the number one. I think everyone in the organization knows it. And if you're taking a running back in the first round, he better be your starter on day one anyway. And that is the way it looks like it's going to be. Outside of that, I think you'll see Cam Sutton uh, starting opposite of Joe Hayden at corner. Uh, Nickel could be interesting. There really isn't uh, too many names that jump out. But uh, I do agree with the Dave Schofields of the world who suggests that uh, James Pierre could uh, move into the outside uh, corner roll on those sub packages with uh, Cam Sutton sliding inside. I think uh, Arthur Mollette is also someone that I'd keep an eye on. He's absolutely shredded after uh, posting some stuff once he signed with the Steelers. Uh, yeah, he is definitely a guy I kind of foresee uh, taking some serious snaps. Uh, of course, he was with the Jets before. That might be an underrated signing of the Steelers offseason. Outside of that, the one other move I project we will see before week one is that of one Trent Jordan Watt getting his big time extension, his big money deal to keep him in Pittsburgh basically forever, unless a situation like Big Brother uh, JJ was put in and comes up, which I highly doubt. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers after all, not the Houston Texans, but Genuinely, for his talents, I could see it be that seven or even maxed out eight-year deal. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that's uh, the way the Steelers went about it. Um, I also kind of foresee T.J. Watt becoming the highest, uh, not only outside linebacker, but edge defender in the sport. Of course, uh, I believe it's Joey Bosa that uh, surpassed Miles Garrett uh, an offseason ago to, to become the highest paid edge rusher in the NFL. Uh, I believe he's sitting at $29 million per year. I think we'll see Trent Jordan uh, or TJ, as you might know him better as, um, as the guy that could be uh, pushing that $30 million mark. I know some other people have suggested less. Uh, really, when you look at the Watt family and when it comes to hypotheticalizing if that's if that's the right word <laughs> hypothesizing potentially uh, but what I'm what I'm trying to say here is if you look at them uh, when it comes to them uh, fans really trying to figure out whether or not they might be willing to take a hometown discount we thought big brother JJ might be uh, willing to do that this offseason before he signed uh, the biggest dollar amount available to him in free agency to go to a Cardinals team that could very well come and last in the NFC West uh, boy that is one loaded division uh, if he was chasing a ring I don't think he'd pick the right team especially uh, for a two year deal but oh well chase your money when you have the opportunity to do so uh NFL money is uh, a once-in-a-generation type thing. The Watt family just happens to have three brothers that are able to uh, rake in that cash. But uh, when it comes to big-time paydays, especially if the Steelers want to lock TJ in on a forever deal, they will be paying for that uh, substantially. So with all that being said, before we get into uh, the the regular season playoffs and uh, early projections for next off season. We will jump into the break here for the live mic. We'll be back in just a minute and we will round out our show with the rest of the year. Hang tight and stay tuned. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. 
And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Steeler fans, it is time for the second part of the Live Mike podcast. We are projecting the next 12 months of Pittsburgh Steelers football. So really, right now, uh, we've basically only made it through to about the end of August, uh, early September. Uh, but things will kind of pick up in speed from here. Uh, of course, there is 17 games on the Steelers' schedule this upcoming season. I know a lot of the national media types will try to bash the Steelers, say, oh, this roster is washed. But really, when you look at it from a fan perspective, the Steelers have a brand new offense. They have committed to fixing the running game, and they've they've added more... Re- chemistry, you can say, with Ben Roethlisberger and his very young receiving core, there's no reason why the Steelers team shouldn't be at least on the same level as the team they were a year ago. Yes, there is a major difference in schedule going from the second easiest schedule in the league to the very toughest uh, schedule you could possibly ask for. Sure, the Steelers won the Super Bowl with the the same schedule ranking in 2008, but at the end of the day, uh, this is not an easy path by any means for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to have to earn it all. And really, when I look at this roster right now, I, I can't honestly tell you that they are shape, they're in a position where they're going to 100% push the Chiefs and the Bills to be the best team in the AFC. I just haven't seen it yet from this team. I need to watch the Steelers come out and see this offensive line that's been completely put together, gel right away and dominate defensive lines. They need to be able to prove that. I I think we know exactly what we're going to get in Najee Harris. I think he's going to be a stud from the second he steps on the field. But really, once again, just to go on a a second path for a second here, running backs, if they're a first-round value, uh, they are going to play their best football basically immediately once they get in the NFL and and as recent history will suggest will start re- regressing uh, ever since their well really their peak of their first three or four seasons in the league uh, so Najee Harris is going to come out and just be as good as he's going to be pretty much right away for your Pittsburgh Steelers it comes down to what this offensive line can do and if Ben Roethlisberger uh, could take this chip that uh, the national media and sports world is uh, building on his shoulder and really run with it. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger has already bought in. He was there on day one of OTAs. He's working with all the guys. Despite the, the top four, the big four receivers not being there, uh, Eric Ebron's not there either. Ben Roethlisberger's getting all these snaps in with Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth, building up that chemistry early. You love to see it. I think those young guys could uh, extremely benefit from that right away here. I I, I am really excited uh, by that potential. But until we see the offensive line and what Ben Roethlisberger can do, and really what Alex Highsmith can do in uh, in a replacement role for Bud Dupree... um, I'm not exactly willing to uh, pencil the Steelers in as uh, really the third best AFC team, but I still think this team is a playoff caliber team. 
I look at this roster. I look at the schedule. Yes, it's going. They're going to be in for a, a tough slate, but I could still see the Pittsburgh Steelers going through 17 games and coming out with 10 victories, go somewhere around the 10 and seven. Uh, what? What nine and six? Oh man, it, it's it's so weird. Nine and eight, I guess it is. I already hate this seventeen game schedule. Just trying to figure out uh, these goofy looking win loss records uh, that are all going to be odd. Ugh, <laughs> it is just brutal to think of. Unless there's a tie, which used to make a schedule uh, or a season's rankings look wonky. Now a tie will help make it look normal. Oh, goodness me. That is going to be messy to get through at the end of the year, seeing teams, what, 11 and 6, 10 and 7, 12 and 5. It just doesn't sound right. (laughs) It's going to take some getting used to, to say the least. But I could see the Steelers in that 9, 10, 11 win mark. I think 11 wins right now, unless they really just come out and look absolutely amazing right away. I, I think 11 wins is kind of the ceiling for this team. Uh, I, I still don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers as a below 500 team. It's it's now impossible to go 500 unless you tie a game, but I, I still think the Steelers fall somewhere between 9 and 11 wins this upcoming season. Will that be enough to win the AFC North? That comes down to whether or not they can win uh, those divisional games. I really more than ever, uh, this comp- or division title rather is going to come down to who has the best record within the division. I think the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers are all very close to the top there. I think the Bengals are also going to improve mightily from what they were a year ago. This is going to be a brutal division to get through. And for the sake of the Steelers having this really tough schedule um, and just how everything's kind of shaping up right now, I will concede to the Browns, as much as it kills me to say, winning the division. Uh, Steelers coming in second, Ravens in third, which might surprise some people, but I am not very high on that team. I think they could disappoint uh, and really... I, I don't know if it's a bold prediction. Really, if you're not a Steelers fan listening to this, you'll say it's a bold prediction. But it, as you've seen this Ravens team kind of fall apart this offseason, losing so many pieces, I really just don't see how they're going to be any better than they were last year. I think the Ravens take a step back further than what the Steelers could potentially do in the eyes of the national media. Uh, and then rounded out by the Cincinnati Bengals, who by all means I think will be better than last year. I, I don't think they'll be uh, pushing above 500, but I think they'll win uh, more more games than anyone's really kind of giving them credit for. I could see them being a seven-win team, no problem. So right now, the Steelers, are, in my opinion, will be a wild-card team uh, right around the 10-win the mark. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, really, one of their early playoff games... I think you'd love to see them play the Browns again and be able to get that win back to shut up those uh, Browns fans and just kind of give it right back to them and really remind everyone who the king of the AFC North is. That might be your kind of ideal first-round playoff matchup to just give it right back to Cleveland. But uh, in all likelihood, the Steelers could be taken on Buffalo or Kansas City in round one. Oof, that is a brutal task. Uh, both of those teams, as of the time recording this, I, I think we can all agree, once again, kind of look to be on a collision course to play in the AFC title game once again. That just 
really the way things are shaping out. Uh, sure, it's the NFL, and any given Sunday is still a legitimate real thing, and anyone can win any of these playoff games. I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone, but if that's your first-round playoff uh, matchup, oof, that is a tough one to get through. Uh, and if that's what the Steelers are looking at, they could be one and done. Uh, if they go up against the Browns, I could totally see them taking it to them and getting that win back. But I, I, as of right now, as much as it pains me to say, I, I don't really see this Steelers team making it any further than the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, once again, though, like I've said throughout the second half of this show, if for whatever reason this offensive line just completely gelled and Ben Roethlisberger dialed the clock back, sure, they could be in contention. But that is asking a lot before we've even seen them play. Uh, yeah, you can't really assume more than this offensive line being below league average. I think they'll still be better than last year, but still not a top 16 offensive line. And really, Ben Roethlisberger, you, you kind of have to look at those last six games of the year. Uh, he wasn't very good in them. Uh, the Steelers are running more play action. Ben Roethlisberger isn't good at play action. So once again, you kind of have to see him as like a middle 16 quarterback in the NFL until you actually see these guys play and prove you wrong. So with all that being said, the Steelers are just kind of a, a an above average team next year uh, and falling short of their ultimate goal. But that, really, that's kind of what the roster shaped up to be right now. They they aren't made to compete with the Chiefs or the Bills of the world right now. Um, it, I suppose. Really, I, I, as any NFL season comes down to, uh, if a star quarterback's injured, that's going to change everything for a team. But uh, right now, as we sit here, I, I'm not particularly high on the Steelers making some crazy playoff push. Sure, they could get red hot. I don't know, get lucky, but I think for argument's sake right now, uh, a divisional round playoff loss is probably a pretty fair uh, prediction for this team. So that's the way I'm going to go about it. With all that said, they run through the uh, the rest of the playoffs. Um, I'm kind of predicting... A, a different Super Bowl game. I, I think it, I think fans might want to see a couple different teams. Uh, for argument's sake, and just to just throw out a couple names, I, I can see the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Buffalo Bills. I think that would be a really good game. Uh, of course, the Rams would be playing in their home stadium, uh, much like uh, how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just did, uh, becoming the first team to win a Super Bowl on a home turf. So perhaps we could see that once again, uh, and the Bills' streak of losing Super Bowls continues uh, with the Rams and Matt Stafford hoisting a Lombardi. That team is stocked and loaded. Uh, seriously, uh, do yourself a favor. Check out their roster when you have a moment because they are really that good. But just at, at this point, we are through the regular season uh, about, what, eight, nine months through this uh, the 12-month projections. So when it comes to free agency and the draft and what we'll all see, I think if the Steelers are a middle-of-the-road team, I think that's probably one of the scenarios where Ben Roethlisberger hangs them up. Um, I, I think really the, the only two ways I think you could see Big Ben coming back is if uh, the Steelers are really good and something, something just really crummy happens to kind of knock them out of the playoffs or uh, they get close but not close enough and lose by like a last second field goal I could see Ben wanting to come back for that um 
it, it really is kind of tough to try to project that, but I, I think this could legitimately be the last year of the Ben Roethlisberger era. With that, I think we'll, you'll also see a bunch of uh, players leave the team uh, just based on the Steelers' window being open. Sure, they have a lot of money to pay players, but I think we're kind of starting to get into an era where teams are trying to make quote-unquote super teams. Because of the salary cap structure, it'll never be to the degree of what the NBA has done to their league where it's just off the championships are won in the off season. Right now, I, I think you'll still see like those above average players try to team up, especially receivers with great quarterbacks. And if the Steelers don't have Ben Roethlisberger, I could see them try uh, some of these receivers move on to different uh, different teams. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is someone that I think could potentially be a guy like that. Uh, he'd have an out saying, "Well, we don't have the quarterback anymore," uh, and that might not hurt his media brand. Um, Deontay Johnson, I, I no, excuse me, I believe it would be James Washington uh, becoming a free agent as well um, this upcoming offseason. I could see him also walking, as well as Eric Ebron, who's a free agent, uh, leading to Pat Fryermuth uh, grabbing the reins of that tight end one spot. Uh, the offensive line, of course, they haven't extended David DeCastro yet, and I feel like if it isn't done this offseason, I could see him walk, uh, potentially go back home to his native Seattle, who, of course, has always needed offensive line help. I could see a move like that. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll, I'll never fault a player for going back home. Uh, although I would miss Big Dave as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That guy was a beast. So really just just a painful offseason offensively for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Defensively, they don't have too many free agents, thankfully. Um, I, I think Joe Hayden, much like David DeCastro, if he doesn't get extended before uh, next offseason, I could see the Steelers move on from him and try to get younger. Uh, of course, the 2020, uh, 2022 draft class is loaded at the cornerback position. That's kind of the deepest position of that uh, draft class as we sit here right now. But uh, I don't know if Joe Hayden is excited Exceptional. I, I still think the Steelers should try to bring him back. There's not too many uh, veteran voices in that locker room, and really there isn't anyone more respected in the NFL than Joe Hayden. He's beloved. If he can still go, I, I want the Steelers to uh, keep him on the roster. So that's kind of some of the spots I see the Steelers losing players at. But with how much money they're getting back, I could see them uh, being... I wouldn't say big players in free agency because, after all, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I could see them going out and uh, making some signings that would be kind of un-Steelers-like and bring some uh, bring some new blood into the organization. With Ben Roethlisberger retired and Mason Rudolph under contract uh, on that, of course, one year, I believe $3 million against the cap for next season, I think the Steelers go out and draft another quarterback in the first round, uh, whether or not they trade up. There, this isn't exactly a strong quarterback class in 2022, but uh, there are a lot of them that are close together that kind of rank as middle to late first round picks. Uh, I, I could see them getting in on that for the right guy. Uh, I think the name you're going to hear a ton of uh, related to the Steelers is Desmond Ritter. He kind of checks all the boxes. Uh, he's tall, which the Steelers, they, when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, they historically, unless they're like four, three, 40 guys they're all 6'4 or taller um 
So Ritter's six foot four. Uh, he, he goes to Cincinnati uh, University, of Cincinnati rather. So an outdoor stadium in a similar environment. Of course, they got Ben Roethlisberger also out of Ohio. Of course, Miami of Ohio. So it just checks the boxes of what the Steelers have done in the past. Uh, he's of course he's also extremely mobile, but needs some polishing, which I think kind of plays perfectly with Mason Rudolph having a one year deal. Uh, you, you give Rudolph one more shot at the quarterback job while grooming Ritter in behind uh, and who knows how that plays out when Ritter could take over but uh, I think that would just be a really good situation for him to be walking into especially in a Matt Canada offense and with the first round running back in Najee Harris and a big tight end in Pat Farmuth acquired this offseason the Steelers are kind of built to draft a quarterback next year and I think that's when it happens outside of that I think you'll also see them uh, try to go corner at some point uh, someone to try to replace Joe Hayden as much as uh, I hate to see that I can see them go down that route um, and then, once again, try to build up the offensive line and plug in another receiver, which it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they're drafting a receiver, I'm sure they're going to be a stud. So that's my projections for the next 12 months of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you don't agree, or if you do agree... Uh, y- Always, you can tweet at me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. Uh, I love the conversation and dialogue between everyone. Uh, so by all means, go ahead and uh, shoot me a tweet. If you agree, I- I'd love to talk to you whether or not you agree or not. That's just kind of the way I see the team at this current moment. Um, I do want to thank you for tuning in to today's Live Mike podcast. Fun as always, especially for these kind of uh, off-season uh, uh, type podcasts, I-, I suppose you could say where things are just a little bit different. The news cycle isn't uh, what it is during the regular season, so we can do more of these kind of fun-style, uh, projective, uh, hypothetical-style podcasts. So I love doing that stuff for you guys. Uh, before I sign out, I want to remind you to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, breaking news, uh, film rooms, running dialogue, anything you could want. It's there. Just click over to the website. You're getting more Steelers news than you'll get anywhere else. I guarantee it. So just click over to the website. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Mike. We'll see you guys soon. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.